Welcome to Outside the 9 to 5. I don't know what that just was, but this is Kevin Hartnett. And I'm Colton Richards. And you're listening to the Outside the 9 to 5 podcast. A show where we discuss the challenges we face on a day-to-day basis with our careers, relationships, and fitness and nutrition. We'd like to keep it light as we discuss some of the life battles we, and I'm sure some of you, deal with on a daily basis. So sit down, strap in, and enjoy the ride. Welcome back. To the chop shop. <laughs> nah, we we axed that episode, bro. <laughs> yeah, not not quite the best performance. Information could have been said in a you know a little bit more of a concise way. You know what? But then you have episodes with Joe Rogan where he's just drunk with his friends talking about life. So you never know. I'm not saying we're on his level, but yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I definitely don't know if I would be confident in that comparison. <laughs> well, we're, we're aiming for the stars, dude. I, yeah, that's we, true. That's true. I, I've been saying this a lot. We're like Elon Musk on the Mars. Yeah, he's actually going to be on the podcast next week. So get get pumped. <laughs> Can you imagine? Could you imagine that? Can you imagine trying to interview Elon Musk? What a cerebral dude. I, I, I wouldn't have that. I would need to be on some sort of uh, some sort of drug that <laughs> that put me in his stratosphere some kind of mental performance enhancing drug yes yeah 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 so, i hear you so this is going to be 81 um the last two episodes have been very well received awesome guests if you guys like the episodes always share subscribe leave a review um are we gonna talk about the review here kev are we are we gonna throw that out in the atmosphere yeah 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 of course of course Start we see you. It. We see you, people listening to the podcast. Effing <laughs> leave a reveal. Now I'm just I'm just messing with you, but uh, but yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to get it. Get a couple ratings and some reviews for those of you listening. Um, obviously we we don't really do anything else to increase the the listening base on the podcast. So we rely on the people who listen to it to share it. Share it with uh, and don't you don't even need to leave a review, but share it with somebody. You know, like I always say, you're in, you're in Starbucks, you're getting a coffee. Start, start right after your order. Tell the barista outside the nine to five, listen to it. Or just start pumping it, start pumping it out loud in the coffee shop. <laughs> we are going to do some sort of, uh, what is it? I, not giveaway is the wrong word. What, what do you call it? Maybe we'll give away a Starbucks gift called for reviews. Is that something that we could do, Kev? I, that, I think that's something we could do. For all so, you basic bitches out there who listen to our podcast, we'll we'll uh maybe we'll give you a little a little Starbucks over the next uh yeah over the next two weeks if you leave a review, we will add you to a list and we'll pick somebody to send maybe a Starbucks gift card to, maybe something else, maybe maybe a nice heartfelt letter written by yours truly. All right, we're Colton Richards and Kevin Hart. We're formalizing <laughs> that. We're formalizing it. So if you leave a review, screenshot it and tag Kevin and I, you will be put in a drawing and we will, uh, you know, maybe Starbucks, maybe Dunkin' Donuts. I don't know. We'll, we'll see, but we will give you something and we'll send it to you. So uh, leave a review, tag Kevin and I both in it, and uh, we will send you a Christmas gift accordingly a few months early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quarter, quarter Christmas, quarter Christmas, right? Or First quarter Christmas. They could be my Valentine, whoever we send it to. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Colton's in, in the market for a Valentine. So maybe that'll be the giveaway. We're giving away, we're giving away Colton as a Valentine. All right. It's a bad gift. <laughs> Love to see it. Love All to right. see it. So what are we talking about today, bro? What are, yeah. what, are the, what are the questions you got? A little mentorship, a little leadership today. Uh, of course, you know, we haven't been in the workforce for very long, but we've gotten to the point where that now there's a couple of people below us, maybe relying on us for direction and guidance. And so with that comes uh, some responsibility. And so we figured it'd be helpful for people in our age range, since 80% of the people that listen to our podcast are from like 23 to 28 and are most likely 
you know, have one person under them, even if you don't have somebody under you, you're still responsible for being a leader and for mentoring the people around you. So figured it'd be a good topic to talk about. Um, since Colton, I feel like you've had people under you for a little bit longer. How have you approached mentorship and leadership with your previous and current role? Uh, I'm going to try and unpack it to say, <laughs> I, this is what I'm, I'm fascinated with when it comes to, to mentorship or, or, or trying to help people evolve in the workforce is you don't get anywhere by giving them declarative statements. And what I mean by that is <clears throat> I've never seen me tell someone to do something work in a way that gets them to be better. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Like get, unpack a little bit more, like maybe an example that was uh, like you, you had, I don't know if it's any tangible example, man, but I think what I understood leadership to be when getting in the workforce was telling people to do stuff, stuff. Right. And I don't really know if I see that as being something, at least at the, the role I'm in today, right. I only have one kind of direct report. Um, I don't see telling people what to do as the way to get them to like alter their mindset or grow, evolve. Like they have to make the changes for themselves and want that. And the only way I've seen to do that is to be that person, right? Uh, the example I might give you is like talking about working on the weekends. I'm not going to tell the person to work on the weekends if they want to do that for their career because they've seen what it does for me and they see me sending emails on the weekend, like that's how I think I can uh, mentor people, right? Is like be that person that they might aspire to versus tell them work on the weekends. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. That makes, that makes complete sense. I mean, at the end of the day, this is, this is one of the things when you're trying to help somebody either directly or indirectly change their behavior they have to be the person that makes that decision at the end of the day yep. on what, what they're going to do. Right. So, so if great, best example that I've, I've seen is people who tell or direct their family members to help with nutrition. If that person themselves, like deep down, doesn't want to change what they're currently doing, then they're not going to, they're not going to ever change. They, they have to make the decision. They have to reach out to the people. They have to be the one who's committing. Yep. Because if you're doing it for somebody else, you're not going to be able to, it's not going to last. It's just, Truth. it's just not. And so I think a, a good point you're bringing up is leading by example. Yep. And letting people make those decisions on their own. What other way, like how else do you lead by example? You talk about uh, working on the weekends. Uh, um, I, I think for me, and this is sounds so fugazi, and I know it does, but actually caring about the people, man. Like, I had this conversation with someone who, you know, is higher up in our company, like, doesn't directly oversee me, but is responsible for way more of the organization than I am. And I was talking to him about the fact that the fact that people think their lives work and life are separate. I just don't really subscribe to that philosophy and maybe it'll change, but here's what I'll tell you. When you treat like your people, like family, you're going to see a lot more hard work and determination towards goals when you talk about some of the tough shit that's going on in your life outside of work, right? There's just a camaraderie aspect to it. So I'm not saying show up and like complain about everything that's going on in your life. No, I'm telling you to be a real person with the people you work with. Yes, I understand that there's certain things that should be segmented. But what I will tell you is when I'm real with the people that I support or I'm, you know, peers with, that lets them reciprocate that. And together we build a relationship that's like, oh, Colton cares about me like family. That's how I genuinely feel like, and I've seen it work. I've seen changes with people that I'm peers with 
I, I oversee, like you got to be willing to care. Um, it sounds weird, but I, I think it comes back to just because you're in a job, man, it doesn't have to be like separate from your life. Um, so th that's a, another thing. I think they're kind of twofold, like caring and being willing to be a real person with the people you work with. Yeah. So I, I agree with that. How do you show people tangibly that you care though? I feel like some people, sometimes it's like a hard thing to do. Like to, to, of course you could say like, I care about you, but you know, actions speak louder than words. So how do you, like, how do you do that? I, I ask these people what I can do to be a resource for them. Uh, and it's interesting. I've started to realize spending time with those people, you know, an hour every week talking to them about random stuff outside of work helps dude. Like in those microcosm conversations you have and they're willing to open up to you, be there for those conversations just because it's not work related doesn't mean it's not important to your work output. Does that make sense? Right? Like the, the, the microcosm conversations about, Oh, I'm having a tough day. Oh, this is going on with my mom. Oh, this is going on with my financial situation. Oh, this is going on with me health wise. It's like, all right, be there, show up for that conversation, even though it doesn't directly to apply like to what a client is doing. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is when somebody brings that stuff up, you need to not take advantage of it, but you need to be there and be present in that moment. You need to like, whatever you were going to ask that person, it, whether it, it, if it's work related, like that's the biggest example. Like somebody starts talking about their personal life. Of course, there's a time and place where you, you kind of got to be like, Hey, well, like we got to get shit done. But if somebody's going to be vulnerable with you and bring that, sh that stuff up, I mean, it's hard to do one. And you, you have to take that moment and, and, be there for that person. Right. So you got to pause, you got to, you got to actually engage and not only engage, but remember that. So like perfect example, you just said like, here's what's going on with my mom. Like next time you guys, you, you talk, you got like check in, right? Like show that person you, you remember and actually care about what, what's going on outside of work. Cause like you said, I feel like a lot of people's perception is that like once you're in a, like a managerial role or once you have people below you, those people are just supposed to be there to serve you. When in reality, like I'm arguably you're there to serve them more, more so than they're there to serve you. Leaders. It's a last. two way. Yeah. It's a two way Leaders street. Last, so I think that's a, that's a great example. Although there's, I can, I can, foresee this, I don't know if you've encountered this, but there are a lot of people in the corporate world who see it that black and white, like here's work, here's, here's outside work. Like I don't mix the, I don't mix the two. Yeah. Like how do you, how do you deal with, how do you try to create a relationship with those types of people or how would you? For the people that, let, let me just make sure I understood the question. Yeah. If I was to oversee people that that's how they viewed it. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've been there yet. So maybe my answer isn't articulate enough. Um, or it maybe honestly, I, I don't know if I can give you an answer, man, because I, I don't think I, I've seen that play out. But here's what I would tell you. I think people that treat their job like a nine to five are going to be more of a cog in the machine, right? Like, that's how I would look at it. If, the, if those people just are keeping work and the people they're, they're talking to on a daily basis, if they keep it separated, I don't know if they're going to be able to build the trust, the community that is needed to move a, a ship forward. Like you, you really do need like this go to battle mentality with the people that are supporting you. If you're going to push things to the next limit um, and evolve is what I've seen. So <clears throat> it, maybe they're in a more, uh, cog type role i don't i don't know how else to word that might yeah yeah out, but i get no i guess i i've had this experience before previously not in my current job but um in one of my my previous positions it was the it was a person above me would call me after the weekend right first call on monday yep and naturally like first thing low-hanging fruit like first i guess example and thing 
to do to build trust is to just low hanging fruit, ask people about their weekends, see what they did. So like what you, you learn a lot about a person, you know, what are their hobbies? How do they like to spend their time? Like, were they with their family? Are they a big family person? Were their friends? Where do they go? All that type of stuff. So I, I would ask those types of questions and it would just be like the, the one sentence answer and then straight into what, what was pertinent at work. Like, like they needed something. Right. Right. So that's an, that's a, that's another piece of the puzzle is like, you can't, of course, like this is someone who's working with you and for you, but you can't always be calling every time you call, it can't be because you need something. I feel like this is probably something you do is like calling them outside of when you need something from them or need something done is just calling to check in like how often do you do that with with people that are below you or are working more so for you you're the senior person in the role um dude it just goes back to one-off conversations i feel like i I, uh have a good read on people emotionally or or at least I, i i'm down to be involved in a conversation that might not necessarily be work all the time. I don't know if that's a good answer, but I feel like it can emotionally read a situation. Like if I feel like this person needs to go down this path and that's where I'll go tango with them, you know, like I'll go tango yeah. with that. I'm not sure I have a great answer. I almost want to go back to your conversation or your question about if people don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, here's what I'd say, man. I think it's tough. I, I, if I was a subordinate there, I, I would feel like it's tough to really want to go to battle with someone that I don't have any other relationship with. Like that, that's at least me. So maybe they're, <laughs> I just feel like there's more of a, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's more of a mindset of being able to create change and create cool stuff when it's like a team environment where it's like a family environment that everyone's willing to go to war with each other to make stuff happen. So I'm, I don't know. I, I'm, I feel like you're, you're right. There's probably people listening to this that are like, well, I keep everything separate. So I, I don't, I almost want to stay here for a little bit and hash it out. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, we always talk about this is building trust with your relationships, right? And so if you don't have that trust built, how are you going to be able to depend on that person to get shit done when you're not looking? Right. That's a good point. Like that's a huge aspect is you really get to see how people are when you're not near them. And if you've, you've haven't managed someone directly in the office, you've never been able to see somebody doing the work. Right. No. So for you, you trust is a huge, huge aspect. Right behind that. That makes sense. And really like the only way to (laughs) build trust is like vulnerability and actually showing a person that you care, like back to your point. Right. Yep. And so if you want to be able to trust the person that they're going to be able to get shit done when you can't, like you physically cannot be there to get it done. You got to start building. You got to start investing in that relationship. That's 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 from day one. Yeah. Okay. I I feel that that makes sense to me. It's like when you're, when you're more integrated in the people you're talking with at work, yeah, there's that trust factor. Okay. I couldn't put my, my, my finger on it, but I do, I do agree with that a lot now. Yeah. And I, I think for the people who like to keep those things separate, I think it, you know, I definitely don't agree with it at all. Like you're going to work with these people at your, job you're going to be with those people more than anyone else in your life yep so like you better get to you better get to know them and you they better be people that are on your side and on your team yeah i i think that's what resonates to me too man it's like i spend a majority of my life doing this and it's not because i i mean i do feel an obligation to show up and perform but it's because candidly i love the people i work with it's like crazy to to think that but um and I think there's good people in every organization. 
I know some people are, you know, think they don't like their company culture or whatever, but I would encourage you to say, there's probably some really good people there. You just got to be a little bit more open-minded about having conversations that are real with those people. Yeah. And, and sometimes the hardest part is when you're dealing with those people, you got to be the first one. Yep. It's like you be the first mover. It's not always going to be reciprocated, but if you do it enough, that you'll, you'll probably be able to coax that person out of their shell, you know? And I'm not saying like, oh, like be overbearingly, like vulnerable, you know, like there, there, obviously there's a, there's a fine line there with, you know, oversharing and doing stuff like that, but you'll be the first one. I would say it's safe to say, Kev, that based on the way we're delivering this information, my, my gut senses in corporate environments the line is way too on the other side, right? Like, yes, I know there's nuance and balance between when you open up and when you don't. What I've seen high level is that the balance is way too shifted of this is my job. This is the other stuff I do. They're completely separate. I just don't think you're playing the game of life and occupation and what you can actually produce in terms of value to a company if you separate them. I don't think you're, you're, you're all in is what I would say. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of overlap between the two. Like not a people, not a lot of people make the connection between like their development professionally with their development personally. But you know, if you're better, if you're better at sales, you're better at con- having conversations, you're going to be able to make better friends. You're going to be able to <laughs> maybe pick up a girl at a bar that you wouldn't have thought you would, you would be able to pick up. Like it, it's it fully integrated in life. Uh, so they're, they're definitely not separate. One thing that I think is pretty unique about your position is you end up having to deal with a lot of people. And of course, like we're not too far removed from college, but you end up having to deal with like a lot of people that are straight out of school. Like this is their first job. They're still like adjusting to moving from, you know, Hey, mom and dad pay for everything. And all I have, my only commitment is to, to go to class to, you know, showing up every day at work, ready to perform. So with the people that you've managed, how have you, have you been able to tackle that, that challenge? Cause I feel like more often than not, people leave school nowadays with a sense of entitlement and a sense of, I just have to do a good job, you know, like C's get degrees, like C's season. So season the workforce don't don't get you fucking anywhere um so i guess the question is like how do you how do you mentor the people that are under you to almost unlearn that mindset and you know push themselves to go further because i feel like that's that's probably the biggest thing it's like people don't push themselves enough into uncomfortable situations uh you can't be the one to want it more than they do is how I'd answer it. If they want to step up to the plate and do that, that has to be on them. If they want to schedule their weeks on Sunday, they want to do X amount of extracurricular learning. Like in our sales job, I'll give you an example. There's people in certain roles that don't have to give presentations. If you want to get to the next level, you better start setting up time with people that are a higher level than you and present to them on things that you're going to have to do if you want to get a promotion. I can't tell the person to do that. What I would say is that has elevated me. If you want to go down the same path or you think that's something that you want to emulate, here's how I would suggest maybe looking at doing it. But I can't do that for them. Um, So I think it goes back to, to what I first said is I would never, I try not to give declarative statements, but I just give suggestions based on what I've seen work for, for, for my advancement in my career. Is that a helpful answer? Yeah, that's helpful. So I think a interesting question there is, do you, do you just give this advice out or do you wait for people to ask for it? You know what I mean? Cause I feel like sometimes people lean too far to the, like, I'm going to give you this advice. Like I'm going to tell you what you need to do and make, make it almost a 
lean more towards the declarative statement, even though they don't mean to, you know what I mean? Versus waiting till they ask for advice. I mean, sometimes like you could you'll work with someone and they may never ask you for advice. Right. So how do you, how do you approach that? Do you just give them advice or are you waiting for them to ask? I, I would say the answer is twofold. Uh, if it's someone that's directly responsible for, if I'm directly overseeing that person, the advice might be like, Hey man, I, I might need you to do. Here's what I would say. If it's someone I directly report to and I'm responsible for his, his or her output, I'm going to be a little bit more bought in and maybe a little bit more declarative. An example, I'll give you, you know, a client communication. I might have that person for the first six months, send that communication to me. I'd say, I'd make some tweaks, some edits, cause they still took the action. And then I'd say, Hey, deliver this. Um, so maybe not specifically asking for advice, but I'm going to be there to like kind of refine, right. That, 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 that is one segment. I'm not just reaching out to new hires to say, here's the advice I'd give you if you want to be promoted in two years or three years. Like that's not why I exist. If they want to reach out to me, always there to give time, always there to give time. I've never once refused 30 minutes with a new hire ever in my life. And typically those people are coming for advice. So I say, Hey, what do you, you know, what questions do you have for me? How can I help? And I mean, typically, if you're setting up time for someone, I hope you're you're willing to receive the information they give you. Um, so if twofold, one, I might be a little bit more declarative if I'm responsible for the output of that person. Second, I, I if I don't, if I'm not directly responsible for you, and you set up time, I'm assuming you value something that I'm going to say. So I, I'm going to try and give you the best advice I know how. Um, those are those are kind of the two different thoughts i would have on it yeah i think that's that's helpful um knowing that the two like i guess not two but i feel like some some people close to you that you've that not reported to you maybe their co-workers with you have developed in a positive direction from uh the time that you started having you know a, a work working relationship with them i hope so man i hope so I feel like you said, you said it earlier, right? Like you said, these people have a chain they've changed their, it seems like their mindset and what yep. they're doing on a day-to-day basis. So yeah, yeah. what do you think the biggest, your biggest contribution to that was? And how would you, cause it, that's the hardest thing, right? Is like getting, not saying you change them, but you were part of that journey that that person's on that helped them get to that realization. So how do you, how do you contribute to that? Give me a second. Let me think about it. Yeah. Um, and this might be a hard question to answer because you know, honestly, I have to probably ask them too, but if you had to like hypothesize about. It's, it goes, well, this is why I was having to think about it. Cause I almost, it's the same two answers I gave earlier in the, yeah. the episode. Okay. A, I think they saw some of the stuff that was happening in my career and wanted to emulate that, right? So it wasn't because I was like, show up early, read these articles, talk to these people. Like those things that I did got me to a position that maybe they want to be in, right? So I would say the first is just show up and be you. And if that is a path they want to go down, they'll naturally try and gravitate towards some of the things you're doing, like this leadership from the bottom mentality. Um, the second thing is just be a caring dude like that. I, I mean, like, cause then they're close to you. They, they hear about the things you're doing and, and through literally osmosis, almost they, they start understanding that that is what got you to the position you're in. Right. So if you don't give that people that lens and be that, and have that communication, they're never going to understand how you got to that next level. So I would say caring and just show up, be, be a lighthouse, right? Just shine your light. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, <laughs> it's so simple, right? And it's well, not that's why I said I had to think about it. Yeah, it's the same answer I gave earlier. 
it's not it's not very comp it's not very complicated right it's like share what you're doing and if and the, the other thing is of course you you've progressed quickly within your own organization right so it's like you must be doing something that's getting you to where you want to go quicker than other people right right yeah so yeah, i think that's a fair observation observation so if people want people want to know the secret sauce they gotta they gotta they gotta talk to you so well, let me ask you because I, I i know um it's kind of a new evolution for you in your career you, you kind of do help have to help support people uh what are some of your biggest learning experiences from from trying to like mentor or lead others so far Yeah, so the biggest example, I think the biggest thing that everyone needs to do is is one, and we've already talked about this during the podcast, is lead by example. Like that's the biggest thing, right? So you've got to do what you're like, whatever advice you're going to give to somebody else, you have to be doing it. You can't be that person who's like, you know, you got to eat healthy, but like you you go and you fucking eat like shit, right? Like you can't be hypocritical. You just need to show up and do things consistently if you want those people to also emulate you, right? Because if you, if they see, people are, people aren't stupid. People are really observant. So if they see you doing, you're getting to the office early, you're, you're doing things well, you're successful, you're progressing quicker. Um, they see you reading, they see you, like doing all these things, like naturally people are going to like start to emulate that, especially in a, I mean, I work for a very small company. So it's like, there's not, there's not many people. So it's like, you have a couple examples, like one or two examples. And it's like, you just gotta, you gotta, if you're going to talk, talk, you gotta walk the walk. Right. So that's number one. And something that I've struggled with is trying to be hands off but also guide at the same time. Right. So like, it's a weird like dichotomy of like, you want to give this person the time and space to struggle. Right. Because I think that's an important aspect, right? Like people need to, you need to make it okay for that person to fail at things. Right. Cause the only way that they're going to learn, like if you prevent people from failing and you just, you know, the biggest problem is micromanagement, right? So if you micromanage someone and prevent them from failing, they'll never understand really why they're doing things and, and how, it, you know, why it works, right? So like, they've got to come to that conclusion on their own. You have to give them the time and space to do that. And if a person's going to develop, they have to fail. I'm just taking so, notes because dude, everything you're saying is that's, phenomenally well put so yeah but there's a balance right like you can't just let this person like and i think this is where i've i've struggled a little bit is being too hands-off and it's not and not like being more upfront and honest about some of the things that i see people you know there's people doing that maybe should be different right it's like and that's where your empathy like that's where empathy is tough for you and me yeah. and i'm the same way i so it's i it's just something i've observed about both of us because we're self-starters or like we don't need to be told what to do we'll show up and we'll probably fail along the way but we're going to take a shot like we're going to take an action yeah not everyone is that way so right. what i heard what i heard you say is yes you got to let them fail which i love but you do have to give them some working foundation so that they even have a chance to succeed. Exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. And, and sometimes people don't know the guidance that they need, right? Yep. And of course, when, when you're dealing with people that are just graduating from college, like they don't know any, anything realistically. Like they have a degree from a school that they'll probably never use. And they know nothing about communication and work right so like depending on where a person like person's background their family has been who they are like from a personality standpoint like they're all everyone's going to be at a different spot yep. and so 
everyone's going to interact in a different way. Like you and I, right. We'll, we'll, we're the kind of people that are like, okay, like here are like, here are the most successful people in a position that I see. Like, let me go talk to those people. Let me go ask them what they do. What do you do differently? Not everyone's like that. Some people are a little bit more reserved, a little bit more introverted and are less willing to do that. And not to say like you should try to do things for them, but like you have to take that into account. I I was just about to say, we might need to continue down this path to realize how did people get good grades? They were given an exact fucking rubric of what would get them an A, B, C, D, E, and F. The grading rubric ain't there when you get into the corporate world, man. Like, I actually, I would say most times it's not there, right? Like, you almost, (laughs) yeah, you almost got to find the system. Like, you almost have to go and and search the system in order to find out, like, how to get that A. It's not given to you most times. Um, So that's, I think, that's a great point that even I need to start thinking about it in like the roles I'm starting to take on is how do you like systematize that rubric almost like what gets you to the next level? Hmm. It's a good thought. Yeah. And so that's, that's been the struggle for me, I would say like to, to boil it down to one point is like trying to be hands off and let people fail, but also be honest about what you're observing. Right. So like if you're seeing a person go down a path that you know might not lead them to success like you should tell them that you should make that like if you observe that and this is something that i unfortunately happened it's like i saw a person doing a few things that i i could you know more or less hypothesize to myself like okay this they're not going to get to where they want to go and it's unkind and not genuine to 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 not tell them in that moment of like hey i see that you've said like you're doing these x y and z you actually need to do a b and c if you do want to be where you want to go and here's why you you these things need to be done in this way and so you know that's that's a struggle right it's like you gotta let people fail but you also like you have to be that person that's going to guide them as well. Yeah, it's, and, it's, and, it's just like a weird uh, thing. Like, of course, I don't have the best answer for it because like su- super new to me, but it's like you got to guide them without forcing their hands. Yeah, because somehow you got to let people make the decision themselves. Like somehow, and it goes with nutrition, right? You can like tell people they're eating crappy, and they're not going to have like a long health, like the longevity of life might not be great, but they ultimately have to, for whatever reason, you can't force them in that mold. Like they have to make that decision for themselves. And yeah, like you can let, let a, let a person fail once. Don't let them fail twice. Like if they fail twice, it's your fault. Honestly, Maybe you're onto something there. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I could get behind it. So yeah, that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned. And you're you're definitely taking more of the perspective of like you're there to serve them. Servant leadership. Yeah, that's yeah. that's 100% how I rock. Like I have never seen it be done any other way. Any anyone I listen to about leadership always talks about you as a leader are going to be successful when the people you're supporting are successful. Like that and how do you do that? You be there to help them. So that's just like the mindset I've been instilled. Yeah. Another big thing that I I feel like a lot of leaders fall short on is the why, right? So you, you said like the declarative statements, like a lot of people make these declarative statements, like do this, this way you did wrong. Like do this. You, you need to do this. You need to do X, Y, Z. And, and they don't take the second step, which is like, here's why you need to do it this way 
people lose faith because then you're just telling them they're doing things wrong and that they need to change, but they don't understand why, like, why do I need, like, why does it need to be this way? So that's the biggest thing I, I probably learned from my boss is when he makes a change, it's, or gives me advice or a critique. There's always a why. And if there's not, you should, you got to ask like, oh, okay. Like I'll adjust that. But why does it, why does it need to be written that way? Or what about what I wrote was wrong? You know, for example, if we're just using email, for example, um, there's usually a reason. So I would say as a leader, you're also responsible for helping that person understand the why behind how things are done. I, I think you are just ripping for the last 10 minutes. I love all your advice. Like the one thing I just wrote down, be impeccable with your word. Like you yeah. really do. I, I, yeah, I absolutely love that. Don't give advice that you wouldn't take yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Impeccable with your word too. Like if you say you're going to do something for someone, yep. you better fucking do it. Right. Leave you tell somebody who's, wants um your support that's that's younger than you like you better you better support them so i mean that's the biggest we we talk about building trust right that's the biggest way you lose you lose trust is not being impeccable with your word you say things but you don't follow up and, so. and i love what you said about letting them fail i i do think there needs to be that in an environment where there's growth, because that is going to make a way more lasting impact than stepping in to support that person. The lesson of failing is so much greater than the lesson of succeeding, honestly. Um, so I, I think that's really important. And the other thing I was thinking about when you said that, Kev, and something I've thought about is you can't always be that support person for the your your you know the person you're ever seeing you can't always be that support person eventually they have to be able to solve problems themselves yeah you know so like if you're always coming over the top to help support them and make sure they get the perfect answer and they give the perfect presentation and all this like they're never going to be able to swim for themselves man yeah yeah a hundred percent and this is this is a great point that i forgot to bring up is my boss has an amazing job at this. Like I always, I'm, I'm a question person. I'm always going to have, you know, a couple questions. I'm always going to be slightly unsure about something. If I'm not a hundred percent. I'm probably going to ask a question about it. So I would say I ask questions maybe more often than I should. And when I go ask questions on a consistent basis, my boss will say, okay, what do you think you should do? Like, what, what would you do um, in this situation? Like, well, Hey, you're, you're like, you're the advisor, bro. Like mate, what would you do? How would you handle the situation? You got to give them the, you got to kind of force them. And this is for, it, like, sometimes I'm like, Oh man, shit. Now I got to Like, I got to make the decision. But if you don't force people to think like that and analyze and make those decisions on their own, they're never going to be able to do it by themselves. To your point, you're always going to be have to be there. They're not going to be independent. You're not helping them develop. You're actually harming them by not letting them make them their own decisions. So that's a huge question is like, what would you do in this situation? Like, what do you think you should, you should say, or what would you do? Um, I love it. Yeah. Another good piece, but yeah, man. I mean, it's hard. Leadership, leadership's tough. I would say I have way more fun with leading people than I do ever with like success of myself, to be honest. I teared up because I heard something that happened with one of the people that I'm very close with. It's like, that's, that's way more impactful to me than any self success. Like in, in all honesty, like that's the goal that I want to have is to lead people one day. So um, yeah, dude, I'm trying to refine those skills right now. Yeah. And, and you never know what the impacts of, 
and, and the impact of your mentorship or your leadership or you helping somebody is going to lead to, right? And not that you should do it in a self-serving way, but I would rather be the person that helps somebody move forward rather than, um, rather than not, right? Yeah. So, good stuff. Dude, I think that was tangible. Better than the chop shop last week. I'll tell uh, you definitely, that. definitely better than the chop shop. <laughs> that chop shop episode's got getting chopped for sure. Absolutely trashed. You would have been doing a seven-hour uh, edit on that thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I know a few other podcasts where that that, that has been done. I feel like I owe you a seven-hour edit. <laughs> Dave, at this point dave if you're listening it took me a while <laughs> to get out all those names you mentioned in our episode like a year ago <laughs> well good stuff i mean what what do you any other main takeaways around mentorship leadership that that we didn't discuss uh, that's all that's all that comes to the top of the brain this morning what last question last question that comes to mind is if you don't have a mentor, like how do you how do you get a mentor? Like let's say let's say your direct boss isn't isn't the best mentor. How do you how do you develop that relationship for somebody who's like maybe just out of college, just getting into the workforce, doesn't have like the classic, you know, I look up to my dad, I look up to my mom for advice. How do you develop that relationship? Because I feel like you're you're good at that, very good at it. Uh, I would say I'd, I'd answer that in a twofold way. Uh, I think if you're looking for mentorship in, in the environment that is not the corporate environment, I think that's just a lazy question to ask. There's every of the most successful people out there have books where they put everything out about their life and what made them successful on Instagram, people are given podcasts, like leverage your resources, you know, I mean, type in what did Alex Miller say last podcast, personal development books, personal development podcasts, right? So if you're looking for mentorship um, outside the walls of your nine to five, I think that's you got to be a little bit of a self starter, right? It doesn't matter what book you read, it doesn't matter what personal development podcast you start down. But that will move you to a place where you feel like someone is mentoring you. Um, I mean, how many, what did I just say earlier? I feel like I have two people in my ear, Andy. Yes. Andy Frisella and Randy, Randy's like this loser. So, Andy <laughs> you know, Andy Frisella is like someone I consider on my board of directors of life, but it's not like I, I direct, directly communicate with them. Long winded answer, but I hope that just like color codes the point that there's a lot of people out there that are helping. Second, in the walls of your corporate environment, emulate success. I will, I will say the best thing I've done for my career is find people that I, I want to aspire to um, and build a relationship. And you got to be the one to build it, right? That person isn't going to go looking for someone else that's lower down the pole to necessarily support. Like you have to be the person that asks for that. Um, so I would just go back to the corporate environment, ask yourself a question. Okay. Who do I want to be in this company 10 years from now? Find that person that is where you want to be 10 years from now and ask them, yo, can you help support me? Ask them questions. Um, be a real person. Those, those would be my two different, uh, segments to that answer. Any yeah, one, thoughts from yeah. One, on one thing, uh, one thing with that is I think you know, you just, you just said something, but I think it's a good point to bring up. Like, don't sit down with these people that you would like to emulate and ask them for anything. Like, like, don't do ask them. That? I mean, don't ask them for, I feel like a lot of people get caught up in trying to get somewhere to like, like take a shortcut. Like they ask them for, um, I don't, I don't, I can't think of an example, but because I don't think like this, but they ask them for something like other than advice. Can you maybe give me an example? Like say I, you know, exactly who we're thinking about in the workforce that I try and emulate myself as like, how would that have conversation when I first started in the workforce be negative? 
like tangibleize it. So maybe I can elaborate on it. Like, hey, I want to sit down every week for an hour with you and okay, yeah, and like role play. I got it. For that. example. Yep. And yep. for those of you who aren't in sales, like role, play, role playing is a pretty Let's common see. thing to do. Get some toys out. <laughs> Let's get some toys out. Maybe a yeah. swing. Let's <laughs> get real crazy. Yeah, like you could be the teacher and I'll be the student. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like asking them for an undue amount of time. Commitment. Like these yeah. people, like typically when you're talking to these people, they, they have their time is worth a lot of money. One. So I would think about that. And two, like, start to start to, yeah, get the advice, but to start to develop the relationship. That's it. I, I guess that's the point I wanted to bring up because you said ask for support in your response. And it's like, when you, when you said that, I'm like, oh, ask for support. That kind of like, you're already asking for something from that person. Right. So it's like, yeah, ask for advice, but develop the relationship and then down the line when you need the support they'll give it to you and and yes uh i mean the three i mean i think the three questions i asked every time i was trying to emulate someone were like what do i have to do to be where you are like what do i have to do to be where you are right like that's that's like a very open-ended question like what are areas of my my personality or how i show up at work that are things i could improve upon um how can I be a resource to you? Like those are maybe three questions you could ask. I would love all three of those questions if I got them. Um, and they were straight from the hip, but, and and here's the final thing I'll say that I've seen be impactful that I don't think people do after these mentorship esque conversations is they never respond to show the person. Here's what your advice did for me. Right. If you keep showing yeah, if you keep showing up to people asking for advice and mentorship, and they tell you to read a book, and then you don't read the book, why would I give you any more advice? You know, so show the people, and it's got to be through action, like show the people what advice they gave you was valuable. Yeah, that's, I mean, great point, like the follow up, right? Yes, if you don't actually implement that advice, and you go back to that person, I mean, that would be my first question <laughs> is like, well, you know, I told you what made me successful was to get in early and you just haven't shown up early and people are observant, man. People are observant. If you're going to ask for advice, you're going to need to take, you're going to need to take some action on that. So yeah, great point. Love it. Great. Ed- put- great, great ending question, dude. That was good. That was really good. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, man. We'll put a cap on it. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. All right, man. Leaders lead. Sometimes leadership's lonely, also. So, it's good you know, get out there, change some lives. <laughs> All right, dude. Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to definitely take that off. <laughs> All right, later.